0: so much for joining us today at RIG Podcast. This is Isaiah Diesel here with a very special guest calling out of the UK or excuse me, the UK, as they say. And uh Oliver, w- what part of the U- the UK are you calling out of?
1: So uh I'm from central London, um specifically northwest London. Um but yeah it's it's pretty much all the same thing.
0: Uh, I love your accent by the way.
1: Thanks man. Yeah it's it's very weird and just different to speak to Americans. Um, I used to have, like, a lot of American friends a while ago, but then a lot of them, um, yeah, just very, very weird to speak to some Americans.
0: Um, so I have to ask all of my British guests, but, uh, do you have a British accent? Like, is your conscience also have a British accent? Um... Like, no, don't do it, mate!
1: Yeah, funnily enough, I do, actually. Um, and I, like, consciously think about it sometimes of, like, which accent am I going to speak, um... Because it's in, it's in like different terms and in different things that you're speaking about. You speak in different parts of it, basically. It's also like when you're speaking to different people, um, you change your accent slightly. So yeah, I think everyone, um, I, I at least, I mean, I think everyone kind of has like an unconscious accent that they speak and like how they change their accent, like depending on where they're speaking.
0: Yeah, so do you, okay. So if you're by yourself, and No one's around, Do you all, and you're like talking to yourself. Do you also have a British accent? Mm-hmm. That's a joke. <laughs> you're, I'm, I'm taking a subtle uh jab at your no, I, I it's honey. Um, you know, like, probably some of the most infamous atheists are uh from the UK, right? Uh, from England, yeah, so, yeah, you know, Dawkins and. I normally have an atheist co-host, but uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm not able to contact them mm-hmm. right now. But they, uh, we have this rhyming joke that it doesn't really matter what you say. Like, you could just pick up a, the, the phone book, if they still have the phone books, and just read it in a British accent. You're going to sound intelligent, right?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, that's very true. Like, there's sort of different accents that sound really dumb and they just don't sound intelligent at all um Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean it's it's kind of true like i meet so many people and they just seem really smart um yeah that's really weird
0: all right so we're gonna do a public service announcement (laughs) we're gonna do a public service announcement right now Uh, i hope you don't mind participating oliver Mm -hmm. um so here's what we're gonna do (laughs) so i'm gonna say a bunch of british words and you're gonna translate that into english for me and then okay. it could be slang, and then I'll say some American slang and see if you can know what that means, okay? So if the Brits okay. who are listening, yeah, they'll, they'll learn some English, some American English. Okay, what does the word bloke mean? Okay, what is the word bloke and use it in a sentence?
1: Um, the word bloke kind of just means, like, friend or person or guy. It's just referring to, like, anyone. Um, it's really rarely used. Like, no one really uses it that much. Um yeah, I mean you could just say um chap. I've got some blokes coming around. Or like I've just got some mates coming around, basically. Like or no chap. one really uses yeah, chap kind of. Um okay. that's that's more like older sort of English. It's more like yeah. um the older sort of generation uses it, but it's kind of it's kind of a term.
0: I see all right. What about the word stitch up?
1: Um I've I've never actually heard that word being used in a conversation um yeah that that doesn't really exist in like really in like actual language yeah i know no, really. what it means
0: so I, I guess if you were to say stitch someone up in america it would mean to beat them up but if you say stitch up to british people it means that they're pulling like a joke a practical joke on someone or they're tricking someone
1: kind of like i've never really heard that we used before
0: okay all right uh what about a, a quid like i quids. i have five quids not oh, a squid okay, so-
1: yeah so a quid is a pound basically or like um, our our version of currency
0: and what is a Um, pound wait and a pound are you talking about pounds or are you talking about uh kilograms
1: so pounds is in money so yeah we we use the good system of how to measure stuff
0: yes i agree (laughs) yeah but here's what confuses me, because you call it a pound, but there's no way that one of those notes, it's like a dollar, there's no way one of those is a pound, so why would you call no. it a pound? like, why would you call like, an ounce or something, or a gram?
1: Because that's our currency, man, <laughs> it's just pound sterling.
0: I'm just winding you up, okay, <laughs> what does winding someone up mean, what does that mean?
1: Yeah, they were talking about that's... money, just, like, all okay. versions of currency, basically.
0: And pence, what do you guys use? You guys also use pence, too?
1: Pence, uh, kind of. Uh, We just call it, like, 1p, or if you have, like, a pound 50, you just call it, like, a one pound 50.
0: So that means, like, cents, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
0: All right, now I'm going to give you a few English ones, and let's see if if you know what that means. What does it mean if you give somebody the business?
1: Um... I have no idea. I've never heard that before.
0: Okay. It means you could beat them up or you like, you go to, or it's the same expression, go to town on someone. Like if you beat someone that. in a game or something, say I gave you that person the business. Okay. Uh, last one. Uh, what does kick rocks mean? Um,
1: I have no idea.
0: All right. So kick rocks means to go home or just like go somewhere. Cause normally you think when you're walking, you like, like to kick rocks. So yeah, anyway, sure. those are a few expressions now that you know okay. um, we say bucks for quids mm-hmm. uh, in America. So, okay, so that being said, I want to start off, I want to ask you, what is your religious worldview?
1: Um, okay, it's, it's kind of um, different and interesting. Um, I think it's, it's not very, like, um, common in a way, because I'm sort of part i'm kind of like part jewish um i'm part buddhist essentially it's like my um my philosophy and the way that i live my life is very in a buddhist sense um and the way that i live um in kind of a cultural sense um is jewish it's sort of like split between the two Hmm. so, um, so you got a
0: split personality
1: yeah in a way like it's <laughs> it's it's very like two different things of like one thing is like what my morals and values are the other one is sort of a thing that i kind of just have and it's it's more like the culture than the religion
0: so okay so let's start off here because i i i'm interviewing a jewish man on a series of interviews and he was just telling me about the uh, the ashkenazi jews which are like the european jews mm-hmm. right so that's what your family is yeah and uh, that's your mom and your dad they go to the synagogue and everything mm-hmm. okay all right and so were you were you um were you mitzvahed
1: yeah yeah okay. so i was born and raised and i went to two jewish schools um and i had the 13th celebration all of this sort of stuff and usually that's when people start to just go out of touch with it and they just fade off um, and yeah. just do whatever they want
0: you know interesting um so, I stayed with this guy in uh, Japan, and he's mm-hmm. a Jewish man, and he told me that whenever he got, he got mitzvahed, is that, like, properly the past tense, like, bar mitzvud, like?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. So, whenever he got bar uh he told his dad, like, I think, I don't believe, or something like that. His dad asked him if he believed. And he said like from that point on, like he never really stepped foot in the synagogue again. Because mm-hmm. yeah, so I guess, okay, so how many under because the, the Jewish guy, the Jewish man also told me this that they see that as you becoming an adult at the age of 13. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay.
0: So that's kind of like we say in English, like a like a maybe in Christianity, like the age of accountability so it means like you can understand things that are right and wrong
1: um yeah it doesn't really mean like it doesn't really mean like kind of the same thing it's sort of just um it's supposed to be like a spiritual thing that you do because you read and you learn um a lot of like religious scriptures and then you basically kind of perform it um in a sense of like you'll go on onto like where our synagogue is we have like the main sort of service place that we have and you'll go and read a bunch of Hebrew um, to, like, the entire... It's really, really strange to, like, explain, but basically what you do is you read and you learn a bunch of um, scriptures, and then you basically recite it back um, in a service. And it's kind of a performance, it's kind of not, and then that's, like, the actual part of it, and then the rest of it, of what it's turned into, which I really, really hate, is the whole party and the other side of it. Because you have two days, you have the Saturday, and then normally you have it on Sunday after. If you have the actual religious thing, and then you have the celebration the party around it.
0: That would be the good part. I'd be celebrating all over. I guess you're only 13, so you can't really drink, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, look, the thing I really, really don't like about the party side of it is that it used to be you would just have a bunch of friends back to your house, or maybe you'd have, like, a venue or something like that. But the way that it's sort of turned into now and the way that it works is it's basically just a massive show of money of who can make the most extravagant and, and just stupid party that you have because a lot of the jews especially around northwest london just throw these ridiculously big and stupid right. parties and i've actually worked at a lot of these because i do live events and i do music so it was the way that i used to make a lot of money and i would basically just go and help out at these venues and i'd go and help out these places and you, you have people spending what was that you sing? Um, yeah, I do. I do um, guitar and vocals. Okay. Um, but I basically just go and like do the like the backstage kind of things of like setting um, setting everything up and like doing all these big venues. And we had like two or three times when people are spending like over fifty thousand pounds. Wow. To just go and wow. show just how much wealth they have.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, um, but I I heard that you get money from people, right?
1: yeah yeah kind of so that's that's also the other thing of like it's just who can give as much money as possible to another person um and it sort of just turns into a betting war and it just turns like the actual celebration itself has just lost all meaning and all touch it's really just a party uh, that matters nowadays uh, and i really don't like that
0: that's okay that's good you know you know i'm a christian uh you know i'm a christian correct Mm mm-hmm but what happens in a lot of church trip- services uh, and denominations is it becomes like we say, like a pissing match, like who can piss the farther. But actually, you guys use when you say you're pissed, it means something totally different, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Piss means drunk for you, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so pissed for us means angry, but also like it's a very crude term for ping, just means like who, who it's like that. It's like we call it like beating our chest, right? Um okay. they we want to beat our spiritual chest so people will will pray the loudest they'll they'll clap their hands louder they'll wave their hands okay um they want to appear more righteous or more holy so they very frequently will look at other people and try to point out their sins and you'll find like a lot of gossiping and and, and stuff like that going on in church and so if people have not grown up in the church um i don't and I kind of envy them because you would not you wouldn't miss a lot of the stuff that you find inside of a church let's say that much so mm-hmm. okay so by the way have you have you been on your birthright trip to Israel
1: um yeah I've been quite a few times uh I've got family like on the west bank and like in the Gaza Strip at the moment um so yeah I've been there like three or four times so far
0: yeah I spent a month there we've got a It was very interesting. Uh, It was very interesting. So, okay. So, the next question is how, okay. So, let's try to answer these in succession. Okay. One, Mm -hmm. what's kind of like a deconversion that you're going on? Because I understand if you're 17 years old, which you are, um, I, most 17 years old, if you're young guys, you want to play sports and, you know chase women or chase girls i should say so how yeah. do you even begin to start to get interested or rejecting um you know rejecting um, religion so like where where? tell me about that story
1: okay so i think rejecting religion is something that most kids do um i don't know if that's in most <laughs> religions i know it's very much in in judaism um most of it comes from um first of all the rules and second of <laughs> all the school that i went to um because the school that i went to you had to wear uh, the skull cap or like the couple that we wear um yarmulke you and, mean the like, yarmulke yeah yeah like the little yarmulke that we were so we always had to wear that the entire time that we were there and um like i was very very good friends and you know my mentor was the deputy head he was a rabbi and i basically said like hey look you know i understand that this is like respectful and it's a culture and it's a thing that we do but respectfully look, like, it's my belief that i don't want to wear this and it's my freedom of choice and it's my freedom of expression to not wear it and he basically said okay well look you signed up to this school so you have to do what we say or you're getting thrown out and i was like okay doesn't really make sense but whatever so there's a lot of things where it's just like okay we don't really care what you think or what you believe right, or what your right. personal freedom is. You're just going to do this thing. And there's so much of that in Judaism.
0: So, right. Oh my God. And I heard the whole thing about like, you wake up and you, you have to wash your hands before you can touch your eyes or something like, or You have to watch your, wash your left hand or your right hand. Which, which hand is Yeah. It?
1: Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of weird and just strange rules that just don't make sense.
0: <laughs> so, Okay. <laughs> um okay yeah so so that's the thing i so okay so one okay i understand that as a kid right two where do you how did you get involved with uh, buddhism and like that seems like uh what age would you say you kind of like had enough of it and
1: yeah so i think i think it was really about 15 or 16 um that i started getting into that um Basically, I went to hospital for about um, about eight months or so. You went Um, to the hospital? Yeah. So I was in there for about eight months or so. um, And I was in there like an inpatient. Um, So my mental health was getting really, really bad at that point. Uh And um, I was admitted to this hospital. And um, I learned a lot. And um, I got out um, probably a lot sooner than I should have. And then I started my college year so I started learning music, and I started really, really getting into it, um, and, yeah, it was just a lot, and I was overworking myself a lot, because a lot of what happens when you're in hospital is you get taught, like, how to lie, essentially, Mm because we have, we have this thing where, um, you get checked up on every either 15 minutes, five minutes, or you have someone with you the entire time, or, like, a one-to-one, basically, and, they have these checks and they come around to you they're like hey how are you doing and like after a while it just gets really annoying of even if you're okay or if you're not you always just say yeah you're fine and it sort of just gets baked into the experience and that's what everyone has there and then after you're outside you don't really adapt back to it to being like okay um like i'm back in reality and i don't really need to like pretend anymore but then it still just carries on. So I found that I was just doing whatever it is and I was never saying no to any experiences or to anything. And I was just overworking myself a lot. And I ended up back up, I ended up back in hospital. Um and then just really like questioning a lot about, you know, what's what's my life meaning? Like what do I want to do? What makes me happy? Like how's the world come into existence? Um and then I found a lot of peace and I found a lot of answering um, by the practices of Buddhism. Okay. Um, and the way that I try and explain it and the way that I practice is essentially um, like a computer is a tool and learning how to walk is a tool is the same way that you know how to do a sit up or a press up. You don't then go and learn the entire history of it and how to exactly do it and do it for a university degree of how to do one press up. Mm -hmm. It's basically just a tool and a thing that helps you in life.
0: What are you talking about when you go down and you go like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, so we we
0: call that a push up. Okay, just
1: yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically, I watched, um, like a lot of podcasts and I listened to like a lot of YouTube videos about Buddhism. Um, and then I kind of just left it because I've learned all the things that help me. You know, there's obviously you don't learn an entire religion, but I've learned enough that helps me and that puts my morality at ease it just puts me and it just calms me down basically it just helps me with life and and everything
0: so i went through a divorce about 10 years ago to my wife and we're remarried now Mm -hmm. after i found jesus christ but i do know that the meditation and uh, can be very helpful yeah and because it helps me Uh, it helped me in you know very low point of my life so do you do meditation or what kind of rituals do you uh, have you have you replaced um because i've never seen some of them are are kind of ridiculous so have you gotten any additional rituals or meditation
1: yeah so so there's kind of three things that encounters pretty much everything that i live and what helps me in terms of meditations and spirituality so there's the four practices which is be happy be healthy um don't hurt yourself and don't hurt other people right and it seems like a really just you know like a middle-aged white mum thing to say but it's basically in every way that you can you need to be happy so that means you you can't really be around other people that aren't happy you can't really be around people that are doing drugs or Mm -hmm. that don't have jobs or that are really shit in their lives um you need to be as healthy as possible. So I've completely quit smoking, drinking drugs, um caffeine, wow. energy drinks, fast food, all wow. of this sort of stuff. Um because that's the way that I can be as healthy as possible. Also doing a lot of exercise. Um, what about a meat? Doing... Yeah, yeah, I still eat meats. Um, okay. I'm a very strong believer in eating meats and killing your own foods. Um so I'm sort of like the other end of, of veganism. Um, which is very also prominent in Buddhism.
0: So so you kill your own meat?
1: Um, I'm basically just about to start hunting because okay. I've, I've been on sort of a journey of like, um, is eating meat okay, is it not? Uh, and I've basically come to the conclusion that factory farming is pretty bad um, and I want to start hunting and killing my own meat and then having that. Um,
0: are there, there are areas around London you can actually do that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty common. So I'm just in the works of finding that and then finding, like, a hunting club to go and get um, a gun license and then to go and start all of that. Um, Huh.
0: I thought thought you couldn't have guns in the UK.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very, very common uh, misconception that you can't have one at all. It's very, very hard to have one. Um, It's basically just for ex-police officers, um, security services and special forces. Um, but you can basically go and buy one, and then you can go and leave it at, um, like, a hunting ground or a gun shop or, like, a shooting range, essentially. So you can't have it in your house
0: oh. under very,
1: very specific circumstances. Oh. And things like concealed carry just doesn't exist. Okay, um, okay,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay, so... All right, okay, so now I have that information down. All right. Uh, okay, so... If someone's listening and they want to try meditation, Mm -hmm. what is the process of meditation that you would recommend? Because I know there's several different ways to meditate. And I'll tell you the one that I learned. So so basically, I lie down. um, I completely turn off all the lights. I, in fact, even put on like a blindfold. And I put in earplugs. So that it's like a sensory deprivation. And so I literally try to think about nothing. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by nothing, I literally mean the word nothing. I imagine myself in a movie theater staring at a black screen that literally just says nothing in very big white letters. Because to not, it's actually a lot harder than people actually think. Like literally try to go one minute try to go 10 seconds without with literally thinking about nothing it is next impossible because your mind is like a um it's like a vacuum so if you don't put anything in it like things will rush in right so Mm -hmm. for that it just helps me to focus on the literal word nothing and another way that i've heard this explained is that it's similar to is if if you took a if you took a bottle of water and then you put a bunch of sand in it and you shook it all about, or like a snow globe, where well, everything goes flying everything, everywhere, and if you just sit it down and just let it sit, everything will go down and it'll become more clear. So it's essentially the same kind of, um, same kind of principle. So what would you say is your kind of ritual for how long and uh, what do you do?
1: Yeah, so... um there's three main things that I advise to literally everyone. Um, I'm like the opposite end of like, sort of evangelical Christianism and trying to enforce it on everyone else. But um, everyone that tries to speak about it and ask me about it, I really, really advise it. Uh-huh. So the first one that is sort of just changed everything for me. Um, <clears throat> like I used to have really, really bad back problems from uh-huh. just sitting down at a desk all day um, and just having a really bad posture. Um I'd also do a lot of exercise and my muscles would be really, really bad. Um, And you realize that your body's a lot more tense um, than everyone thinks it is. So you have a really, really cold bath or you have, um, I don't know, a pool, like a plunge pool or something like that, or just something where you can get really, really cold in a body of water. Then you do the opposite end of it in just like a hot tub or like a really hot bath. And you keep on switching forwards and back and forwards and back until everything is just completely numb. And when you're thinking about that basically the entirety of your mind is just thinking about how cold or how hot are you and then it doesn't really give you the space to think about anything else so it's like unconsciously thinking about nothing so i try and do that as much as possible um there's really no limit to it of just the more you can do it the better it is essentially so that's sort of the main thing that i do
0: so there is um have you ever heard of a uh, a public uh, a Korean public bathhouse? Um,
1: I think so. It's
0: called Jimjilbang. They actually have them um, like in Turkey, where you can go and you can take like baths. Um, you mm-hmm. ever you ever seen like Turkey?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so.
0: Okay, so uh, you basically go in there and you get naked, and um, but one of the things they have because you know a lot of Koreans are Buddhist. Right? Are you familiar with that?
1: Um, not particularly, no.
0: Yeah. So, well, you know, it's Asia. So, like, China, you know, mm-hmm. just a popular thing. Anyway, um, so they have these really hot baths and really cold baths. And, and I like to do that. People do that. They go back and forth, back and forth. So, I've never heard of that. But it's that's more for just like relaxation because apparently, yeah. like, it shocks your body. Uh, it shocks you know your muscles and everything so um, yeah you ever seen the video of the guy who who immerses himself into freezing water he might even be a buddhist because some kind of form of meditation he goes into mm-hmm. ice and stuff have you seen that yeah i think so he's like he's apparently like hasn't been been sick in like 30 years or something like that so it's amazing yeah, you, are you talking about Wim Hof?
1: Uh, there's a guy called Wim Hof. He's basically like mastered, essentially body temperature and regulating heat, and through meditation, essentially.
0: I'm not entirely. He's a white dude. has a big old beard. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same oh, guy. Same, okay, uh, but actually, it's not. It's not just that though, because. Um, so, I think in the Himalayas, I've I've seen things in the Himalayas where uh, men. They go to meditate, and they take these. Um, freezing freezing um how do you call it like they take sheets and they wrap themselves in these freezing sheets and remind you it's snow everywhere and within a couple of hours they're able to change their body temperature to the point where it's literally like steaming off of these um these yeah have you I, have you seen that before it's quite amazing yeah i've
1: heard a lot about that
0: um so do you do you have, do you know anything about that
1: yeah so that's essentially just a different kind of breathing to regulate different things because you can essentially focus different parts of your breathing into different things so you can specifically find like different bones in your body that are that need healing or there's different muscles it all sounds very very hippie and just like wacky stuff but it's yeah
0: it basically works really well it's that can't be just hippie because um if that were the case, these guys would not be able to do that, you know? Yeah. It, it's just as yeah. simple as that. So, um, some Christians get, like, upset about things like that, uh, if, if I think that, uh, you know, there's some validity to this, but it's just, you can't argue with facts, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you really can't. There's, there's no way to get around that your mind is capable of doing things that you just wouldn't believes humanly possible yeah, these they call them yogis right yogis like the guys who do mm-hmm. like yoga do meditation um they are capable of doing some amazing feats and um, yeah. that's you know just true it's 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 not a matter of my opinion or anyone else's opinion whenever you're able to harness your mind like i think your mind is a lot stronger than most people would ever even imagine like it could do things that um, if if he oh, you know, like Darren Brown mm-hmm. yeah, so Darren Brown, he I, I, I've seen I've seen one of, and I'm not sure if how much of some of this might be some trickery behind this, but he I, I saw him do something where he was counting cards for Blackjack. And what he was doing was he imagined himself in like this old Victorian um, house. And he had put like four stickers on every, on every, um, he put four stickers on every one of these items. and each of these items was like the Ace of Diamonds was like, let's just say like Ace of Diamonds was like a cup, okay? So he put like four stickers on that. And every time it would come up, he would take off one sticker off of that. And he was able to memorize all the cards that were in there. And uh, have you heard of somebody by the name of Kim Peek?
1: Yeah, Tim Peek.
0: Kim Peek. So he's the inspiration of the movie Rain Man. So uh, it shows him in Rain Man. He's able to remember exactly the cards that were in a deck. And he goes to the casino and he, he wins a bunch of money. And this guy does that as, same thing. He, he memorizes all the cards and he goes in, counts the cards, mm-hmm. and just cleans out the casino. So... Um, yeah, our brains are capable of doing some amazing things. One other thing I saw him do on there, which was insane. It was completely insane. He's like not even that good at chess. And he goes in and he asks these like nine grandmasters. He's like, okay, I'm going to play all you guys right here, right? And he goes, I'm going to beat at least half of you. So he sits down and he goes around and it's called a simo. Okay, Simon means like he play like a bunch of people at the same time, like Bobby Fischer mm-hmm. or Spassky or uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. So he goes through and he beats five of these guys, okay? He loses to five of them. He loses to four of them and he wins to five. And what he did, it shows – I got to put a link to this in there. What he does is he puts them in his mind against each other and he goes around and he's playing their moves opposite to each other. Right, so he's moving one 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 time. He's playing in black. Another one, he's playing in white. And he just has paired them all up in his mind, and he's memorized all of these games, and he's just going around making all the moves. It was it's just insane. It's it's an insane feat. So, what do you think about that as far as um, unleashing the potential of the mind, and um, if Buddhism is a good um, it's a good route for that?
1: Yeah, I think I think how how society structured at the moment how where everyone's living at the moment um for the majority of the world isn't really the optimum and maximum potential for what our brains can do there's been so many different studies to basically show that how we're living at the moment just isn't how we should Um, we really should just be in nature foraging for our own food making our own houses killing our own animals and sitting at a computer and doing emails all day isn't what we're designed for it's just not what we're made to do and we're made to do other things we're made to be physical we're made to stand up and we're made to exercise like the fact that like obesity rates are skyrocketing and how the poorest people in our countries are the most obese and they have the most diseases right and Everything of this basically shows you how wrong we're living at the moment. Um, and it basically shows you that there is potential, there is options for this in the exact same way that you're talking about how um, Tibetan monks go and they have like frozen sheets on them and then they go and sit, they do nothing, right. they take no drugs, they take nothing and then they make all of the water and everything evaporate off right, of them themselves. Right, right, right. It shows seen. you, like, it's the exact example of it you can basically see who is optimal who is kind of prime in in their mind and in their body and experiences and i don't believe there's any people there's very very few people in the western world that are in the prime of their body and their mind
0: i gotta say something to you um and and this is not this is not meant as offensive to you but there's there's really only so far I could have a conversation with you because um, you are quite a bit uh, young and you still need to go out and experience things in life with loss, triumph, um, you know, failure, being, losing your parents and things like that. There's a whole other spectrum of lives where you can mentally learn stuff, but then there's going out and experiencing things, right? So I just, I would say that for any you, this is not picking on Oliver, but uh, any person, um, there's just a life experience that you got to experience, right? But, but that being said, when, when I was 17 years old, which is 22 years ago, there was no TikTok. There was no Facebook. There's nothing like that. So yeah. if I was 17 years old today, I would be trying to use TikTok to hook up with girls. Or um, So I think yeah. you are probably about 10 years, at least 10 years ahead of me mentally. I can't even believe, honestly, that you would even be thinking about some of these things. Because at that age, really, the only thing I was worried about is trying to drink or trying to get some pornography or something like that. So you're uh, you're on a really good trajectory, bro. Um, I hope yeah, you don't thanks, I hope you don't think find that offensive that I'm saying that.
1: <laughs> no, you not, I mean? all. not I, all.
0: I'm a father. I've got to travel. I've got to travel the world. Um, I'm a husband now. Like being, for instance, here's just one thing. Being a parent will totally change the way you see the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, Losing your mom is going to totally change the way that you see the world. It's...
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know I, think, I, mean? I think everyone everyone has their experiences with growing up and and being mature, essentially. Like, like basically, to come back to the point I started off with, um, like, before we started recording with my brother. I don't really see him as my brother. I don't really see him as someone that I'm related to. He's kind of just a, a person that has you know the same last name as me and we happen to live in the same house or we used to um he's really really immature and he hasn't had a lot of life experiences um and i i don't really want to get into the whole thing of it but basically he's about to turn 20 and he hasn't he hasn't really got the maturity and like the life experiences as other people or that i've sort of had it's not to say that anyone's worse or better. It's just that the way that I see him, the way that I understand who he is, he's basically just someone that hasn't really had a lot of life experiences and a lot in so, in their life, essentially. Um, and that's exactly what it is.
0: So there's one word I would describe both you and him as, and this is going to sound a little offensive, but I would call both of you guys zygotes. Like, you are at the beginning stages, you're like, I wouldn't even yeah. consider you guys fetuses. And this is, again, this is any 17-year-old. This is any 20-year-old. Yeah. In South Korea, let me tell you this, in South Korea, when when, when men turn at 20 years old, they got to go into the military for two years, okay? So what winds up happening is they wind up getting graduating college like at 24, 25 years old, okay? So that little delay right there is I think it's very crucial for them um, being in school and having, they're so successful in school and have such high uh, college graduation rates. Now, it's because I went to school whenever I was 18 years old. And I can tell you, I learned nothing my first, maybe even my second year, because I'm saying like, guys, first of all, we're less mature than women. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. just that's just a fact. Two is that you don't reach your full like mental maturity until you're in your 20s, you know? Yeah. So, and most guys, I'm telling you this, dude, this is, I'm telling you as clear as day because I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't start to grow up till I was 29 years old and I got divorced. You know, I was, I was 29 years old and sleeping around. I had a, I had a wife and I had a girlfriend and i cheated cheat on my girlfriend. So that's like my mentality. You know, that yeah. I had a very immature mentality. So you are. I am I'm actually impressed beyond words even hearing you articulate some of these things I'm just I it's almost impossible honestly but in my opinion but uh, that being said you know I've got to travel you know the world I've lost my mom I've lost all my grandparents um, I've lost some cousins so when you experience that kind of loss and you'll at some point and At a a future time, uh, I really hope that you'll maybe listen to this podcast again and what I'm trying to uh, tell you about this because you'll understand that you have a limited amount of time with everybody around you, okay? And you never know, you never know when that's going to be because my mom died on my birthday 14 years ago and Mm -hmm. um, the last time I ever saw her, I told her I didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And it broke her heart. And four months later on my birthday, she wound up dying. So she never got to see me come to Jesus Christ. And she never got to see me uh, be a father. My my, my daughter will never know my mother. And so when you understand that, and you understand that people deal with all kinds of stuff, Oliver, that you have no idea that they're dealing with in their own life. And so when you understand that, yeah, you understand that, then you... You, you can know, learn I think, something I think I might
1: get a part of that um I've had about about eight friends um that's committed suicide that I've been quite close to what? um I've got yeah I mean being in the hospital system you know so many people that are just so on the edge of this um like half of the people that I knew were just just beyond help like just nothing could have happened for any of them um but then you have you do have some people where you are just like this wasn't the right thing um and it is really really difficult to deal with loss um and i'm just about to lose uh, my grandfather um so he's yeah he's in a care home at the moment and i know it's coming pretty soon um and like it's, it's never like okay it's never like i can deal with it i think it's easier that i've been through it quite a lot um but yeah i see what you mean about it like i still haven't lost anyone that's like know my brother or someone like extremely extremely close to me but i've i've dealt with it in like a lot in the past
0: see the thing is i have a brother who's 13 years older than me and from a he's we're half brothers so we have there's just a whole generation gap where we have virtually nothing in common Mm. and um he's gonna have the opportunity to travel overseas so he's in a very limited perspective and so i can't project the things that i've learned onto him It right? wouldn't even make sense it's like this it's like if if someone had gone to mars and it was travel space travel and they come back and i'm not going to be able to re- relate to that you know what i mean yeah. they're out there yeah. meeting aliens and that's as far as my brother's concerned i'm on a different planet over here so anyway i just hope i i hope maybe you think about that later that And again, this is a maturing process. I think if if you and I were to have this conversation when you're 25 years old or uh, 30, it would be a completely different conversation. And so that's the thing when you realize that, that, you know, it's a growing process. If I were to talk to myself in 10 years from now, I am beyond, beyond positive in 10 years. I will say I knew absolutely nothing in this stage of my life. I'm positive. If I were to go back and talk to myself 10 years ago, Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, South, before being, before knowing Jesus Christ, before being reunited with my wife, before being a father, he wouldn't be able to accept the things that I can accept now. So, we're on mm-hmm. a learning stage. And I just do want to say this How do you think that Buddhism helps people to? Because I do believe, I actually do believe this. Um, I do believe that Buddhism can be a coping mechanism to deal with uh, people's suffering. Because this this idea that you need to transcend it and that you're gonna experience the pain, you're gonna experience the hurt, you're gonna experience loss, and achieving the nirvana—maybe you can describe this as you want. I want to give you this opportunity, but is like rising, rising above it, like like superseding it, overcoming it. And uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: It's it's a lesson that every person in the world, especially in the Western world, need to be taught mm-hmm. that there is suffering in the world and for a large majority of it, you can't do anything about it. Um, I know there's nothing I can do that's going to um, stop my grandfather from dying. Um, and I just have to accept that. And I have to do as much as possible to to make that process. Okay. Um, there's things in the world that I can change. There's things like my close friends that I can, I can try and make better. I can try and make them happier and healthier Um, So I think there's all of understanding that there there is a lot of suffering in the world, and there's some of it that you're okay with, and there's some of it that you have to just accept. There's some of it that you're not okay with, and there's some of it that you can and can't change, basically. So I think with the things you can change, you know, do as much as you can. With the things like, you know, war and corruption and global warming, there's nothing really me like me myself that i can go about it
0: so i will tell you this um i am a christian but if i wasn't a christian i would be a buddhist uh if i had to choose a religion i i even went down and stayed at a uh like a monastery uh with the monks and got to dress like them and and learn about them and i asked the zen master something about nirvana and he's like oh yeah you'd make a good monk because my hair and uh that's pretty funny, but I do think, I genuinely, I genuinely do think, so as a Christian, I do believe Jesus Christ is the correct way, and I do believe that uh, this is the right way, okay, that being said, prior to being a Christian, I did go to, into Israel, Israel, and I did stay at a mosque, and I did learn about Islam, and I think Knowing Jews, knowing Muslims, knowing uh, Sheikhs, Hindus—like I know that as a Christian, I can learn valuable lessons from these people, even about God. You know, uh, one of the things—one of the things that I learned while being a, a Muslim, uh, well, not being a Muslim, but while learning about Islam—is that when they do their prayers, they take this water, and you got to like inhale it, and you got to clean the, your ears, and and your hands and and you even rinse your mouth out and it's like really cold water. So after you do that, it gives you this sensation of being like a new person. It's it's amazing. It's, Uh It's an amazing feeling. And so for them, they pray five times a day because they're confronting themselves at every point of the day. Like you're in the morning time, in the evening time, you know, at lunchtime, you're like, what am I doing? What am I thinking? What am I sinning? And so taking that, um, another one about Buddhism that I thought was fascinating was the Zen master told us that he did the 10 step bowing because people, it's like, people think you're bowing. Like, no, it's not to bow. There's like 10 steps to it. It's like literally 10 steps. And each one of those steps, like, you know, it's like, it, bowing is like a 10 second process, you know, 10, 12 seconds. You do it slow and they have these rituals. So they taught us, we did, we bowed like 100 times and, it took like 10 minutes, okay? So the Zen master told us that he bowed for like 10,000 times and it took like all day long. And he said he did that for like 100 days. And I was like, dude, why would you, why would you bow all day for three months? I was like, that seems like a really big waste of time. So, um, and then he said, well, you don't start off thinking you're going to get the answer but the answer will find you by the end and i think a lot of things in the bible you look and you're like god i don't really don't want to do this like i really don't want to do x y and z but then you do it and then you learn you learn it after it's done Of the, just learning the obedience so uh, what are your yeah. thoughts on that
1: yeah so i think i think there's two things really um i think first thing is like look, so, okay so i'm assuming you go to church right of course yeah, so, so you go to church and it helps you, I'm assuming. It helps you in your life and it helps you with the community and happiness and a variety of things. And I think of course. the way to explain it and the way to understand it is, I think for me, there's parts in my religion, my culture that I do and that helps me. There's parts that don't. So I do the things that help me and I do, I do everything that I can for it but then there's specific things that I don't agree with that I just mm-hmm. don't do. So for you, you wouldn't agree with bowing 10,000 times for three months because that doesn't make sense. So therefore you wouldn't do it. Um, for me, there's there's rules that you says you shouldn't take drugs or alcohol. Um, I very much disagree with that. Um, so therefore I don't do it. So there's rules and things that's put in place for certain reasons. So you can look at the rules and you go, okay, do I agree with this? Do I not? Um, you know, things things in judaism that they're very um against homosexuality um that's completely okay that's fine for them to do um but i personally don't agree with that so i disagree with those sorts of things because it helps me it helps me for things like drugs and alcohol helps me in my life um so therefore i do the things that helps me and i don't do the things um that don't help me
0: does buddhism say anything about homosexuality
1: not that i've read um there hasn't been any scriptures that explicitly say, "Okay, this is or isn't okay." Um, and if it if it was, that I were to find out that they're very, very much against it, that wouldn't really affect me at all.
0: You mean you'd still be okay with it? That reason? Mm-hmm. So okay, that's interesting. So you you have your internal moral compass, and you're you're using it to uh, yep. decide for what you're okay. That's interesting. Uh, that's respectable. I kind of thought that the idea of buddhism is to like escape pain by also giving up of pleasures so that it's kind of like maybe i'm explaining this in a in a different kind of way this is just my take because if you have very highs and lows as far as pleasure and pain then that kind of um having that of a dichotomy might cause you some kind of problems so if you're living like a monk for example and you're not eating you know uh, a delicious food and you're not going out and partying and sleeping or sleeping around or whatever like you just kind of have like this uh kind of like this mundane existence so it's going to be hard to experience huge losses like for example losing a job or something like that yeah so that is kind of been my take because From what I understand about Buddhism, Buddha was a prince and he was spared from seeing any kind of suffering. And then he actually got out of the castle one day and he went out and started exploring and started seeing suffering and stuff. And it kind of like freaked him out because he was like a teenager or maybe like a 20 years old or something. That's that's accurate? Mm -hmm. So he's trying to transcend it. He's trying to transcend it. So part of the way in which you do that is, I guess, you also like physically punishing yourself. For example, like not eating, uh, not eating a lot. He has said to like you know eat very little, or uh, can you tell me what your take on that is about pain and suffering and about avoiding it or what?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of different things. Um, there's a lot of different things to unpack there. So I think the first thing is it's not about eating to cause suffering. Um, there's specific things like. You know, at certain times when um, I'm practicing and I'm trying to focus and I'm trying to um, concentrate. So, for example, um, it's a very common practice for people when they're working. They put their phone aside and they like block all their emails and things so they mm-hmm. can just work on. Mm-hmm. OK, I'm writing a book. I'm doing nothing but that. So the reason that for some people, um, I especially practice it, of I don't eat at certain times so that I don't think about, OK, what's this really, really nice steak that I've just had? and my body's sort of calmer and there's nothing to think about in a sense of it's another thing that i do that i don't wear any clothes when i'm practicing of there's certain times when i don't want to feel the fabric on my skin because it's Mm -hmm. a distraction of things um i go into a massive massive field that's five minutes from my house and there's no cars there's no electricity there's nothing there it's just a massive field and it makes me calmer It, it gives me less things to think about because when you have desire, when you have a sports car, you're always looking for the next one. You're always going to have right, more desire, right, essentially. Right, so right. it's kind of, it's separating yourself from wants and needs and desires. Because that's that's what we are, essentially, as humans. Um, we want to exceed and we want new things. We want bigger right, and better right, things. Right, 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 right. And it's kind of just to take away from that. It's not really about the suffering part of it.
0: Yeah, okay, that's good. Um, I want to close off with two things real quick. Um, I really appreciate your input very much. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having me. Um, okay, so one thing is whenever I went into the Buddhist temple, you the, you have an eating ritual, and whenever you go to clean up, they have like four bowls one bowl has rice, one bowl has like mm-hmm. a little bit of uh. Soup, and then one has like some radishes, and other one has some like small vegetables. So after you eat all your food, got to eat all your food. But you take your chopsticks, okay? You know how to use chopsticks? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say if you are not buddha if you're Buddhist, you don't know how to use chopsticks. to learn But anyway, you take you take the radish and you pour a little bit of water in there, and you clean it with a piece of radish, okay? Then you take that bowl. They're kind of like bigger bowls, right? They, they get bigger. So you pour it into the mm-hmm. next one and then you clean that one with the kind of rush leftover water and then you pour it into the big one, the big one. So you clean everything with the radish. And I knew another girl who went and meditated in Myanmar. Okay, she was there. She told me like three months. And so for three months, she didn't speak. Okay, so that's one thing. You don't speak. Um, and then you have to do everything in slow motion. So, for example, if this is my chopstick and I get the food, it would be like this. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they do everything really slowly.
0: And so she told me that I think she said like after a month of doing that, not talking and she had to shave her hair. So she had relatively short hair at the time. But she told me that everything slowed down she said like she could see the flapping of a of a of a um, of a butterfly's wink she could like see the so uh and, you know what speaking of daughter i want to she's leah's oh, leah come here baby my daughter's made a few cameos on these um podcasts so um so you know that being said i normally have an atheist co-host i still feel like i have more questions to ask you so um If you wouldn't mind, I would like to do a part two with you because I I find you to be a very interesting chap, bloke. Oh, so what's chap? Chap's like a guy, dude?
1: Yeah, uh, chap's just, I mean, it's all kind of the same thing. It's just a person or a friend.
0: What about a lad? A lad is a young guy?
1: So a lad is like a different kind of word. There's like a lot of different meaning to it. Um, A lad is sort of just, how to explain it? It's kind of just... um, like a college football, um, guy, um, probably in like a frat house, um, he's sort of just like a guy with the lads, um, uh, basically lads. of like, yeah, like something like that, I've got kind of just like a frat house guy, um, essentially, I don't, yeah, that's, that's basically the equivalent of like how to explain it.
0: Yeah, so, so, you know, you know, the reason why I know all of these British words is because, uh, it's swings, is because i've worked with some brits and some people from canada and australia so i've got to talk to them and and learned uh, the words that you guys use and uh, for, or even in, even some of it's different for australia like they use the word yeah. sheila sheila means a woman mm-hmm. and um a woman and so um yeah it's interesting but you know i i just like to learn from different people yeah um,
1: I yeah think. can can i just ask really quick um sure. what's your day job
0: uh, so, I teach a little bit of English, but I'm also doing missions work here in South Korea. So, okay. go. Uh, yeah, I do some teaching, but I also teach, like, um, history and literature. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I do, I do a bit of that. I also do, uh, you know, reaching people. I, I raise a little bit of support here for... Um, i am doing missions working here in south korea spreading the gospel telling people about jesus christ the work he's done in my life and interesting um but i just have a lot less confrontational approach to it i'm like you guys are idiots like you guys are all going to how you guys need to do this that's not really the kind of conversations yeah. i like to have it's like um I definitely do believe this is the right way. I, in fact, I know it's the right way. Um, I've experienced Jesus Christ in a very real way in my life, and mm. and I do believe it, all, it can it can help people. But that that's not to say I don't think that Buddhism can't help you. You know, I in fact I know it can. I know it can yeah. help. I know it can help people because the principles are like transferable. Okay, like for example, um, you know, just for example, like. Uh, not being materialistic you know that those are those are very very similar principles inside of christianity mm-hmm. uh buddha buddha had this thought this concept of like not doing harm to other people and that i think that's a really good first step like uh i don't want to harm anyone as a christian but i tell people uh christ says like get out of your closet uh, and that's like one of my beefs with um with buddhism because these yogas to me, they have kind of like a closet religion. It's their religion for themselves. It benefits them, but yeah, you don't see of. them going out and, and helping out others. So, I've heard they'll go and they'll meditate on like compassion or love for for years. And I'm like, well, if you're not doing anything with that, then you're just mentally understanding it. So for me, I like to put my faith into action. And the way you I talk about it that way. The way I tell people this is that I say before I tell you that jesus loves you i want to show you that i love you first you know i want to show concern for people i want to show love and telling you that you're an idiot or that you're a you know you're just a sinner or whatever um i think we're all sinful i'm a sinner i guarantee i'm as sinful as any other person out there i i I put money on that i'll bet money on that but when you understand grace that you have grace that you have forgiveness and a second chance and For me it saved my life it's reunited me with my wife it's given me a daughter my daughter uh, she got pregnant the night i got back here to south korea so uh but you know i also i want to i want people to hear me out so in order for them to hear me out i want to first and foremost hear where you're coming from Hmm. so i think you did a very good job to articulate yourself today young man yeah
1: thanks very much yeah we'll definitely talk about um your views on like sort of Would you call it evangelical Christianism? No. Or what's what type is it?
0: Well, first of all, just in general, I don't like getting caught up in labels. So I believe in Jesus Christ. I do not care one way or the other about a denomination or any ism or istities or whatever. I don't get caught up in. I get caught up in loving people. Like that's the one theological thing I'm going to get caught up is on loving people, is on serving people. So i i'll let the theologians debate all this other stuff because trust me they like to debate each other they like to debate atheists but they also christians are hardest on each other trust me when i tell you that okay well yeah i'd
1: I'd really like to know your opinions on like this sort of thing because i i'm sort of like the other end of the spectrum of i specifically don't talk about my religion and especially like my political views or my views in like the wider general context of life but if you believe that you want to share all of your experience and your wisdom with this, I'd really want to know more about that next time.
0: Sure. Well, I really, really want to thank you for joining me. I'm going to give you the option of three things right now, because we're going to make a donation um, in your name. So you have three different choices. One is going to be school supplies in Africa. Two will be, peace organization between um israel and palestine it's like former reformed terrorist work with family members of israelis um uh, who, who have been killed by terrorists and they work together for peace and then the other one is anti-bullying campaign maybe that's probably more up your alley
1: yeah i think i think anti-bullying um, campaigns is I think it's it's a real hypocrisy of you have so much bullying in America, but then you have so many school shootings. I'm like, do you not see that this is like clearly linked between each other um but yeah I think I think definitely towards that would be amazing
0: yeah well it's a it's a really big issue for me because my daughter is Korean and there's a lot of bullying, so it's definitely not <laughs> bullying exists everywhere, but yeah, in South Korea, what they do, they bully people to the point that they they, they kill themselves, so it's um yeah a very big issue for me so with that being said I really want to thank you for your time and uh, I look forward to seeing yeah, you back at the next episode of Ig podcast if you're not subscribed please do so and be sure to leave us a comment below about the next topic that you'd like to see us discuss and with that being cool. said good day good day bye. <laughs> good day,
1: good day.